And now, presenting the Star of the Show podcast with your host, Delaney Swift. Welcome back to the Star of the Show podcast, you guys. I hope your first week is going well. First week of the new year is under our belts. I don't know about you, but personally, I have been struggling with the motivation recently. And it's not even that I'm not like motivated or I'm feeling lazy or tired. I mean, I definitely probably am more than other times of the year. But this past week, I've just felt like it's I really just dived dived, dove, dove like headfirst back into things. And it already feels like I have such a hectic schedule. And personally, I get so overwhelmed when I don't see an end in sight. So if I have something going on every weekend for the next like two months, or I know that I have super packed weeks and I have like not a lot of weekends in between where I can relax, I just get super overwhelmed and bogged down and burnt out. And it's almost like I measure my life in how much time I get alone or how much time I get to relax and have downtime. So I don't know what that says about me. I don't know if that's a healthy thing, but I feel like I need an adequate amount of time to recharge these days and that's on growing up. So if you don't have a lot of motivation starting out the year, just know you have literally over, well, I can't do math. You have over 350 days to do better, to excel, to achieve all your goals, to achieve all of your dreams. And you don't have to be super productive every single year. Let's think about this like statistically. There's 365 days of the year. You are not going to be able to perform at 100% every single day. So if you can just like give your all every day that you feel like you have the energy or every moment that you can, you don't have to do like the absolute most every single day because that's just not sustainable so whenever you're feeling like upbeat and feeling good and having energy just give whatever you're doing your best and you'll feel a lot better for it because I always think about this whenever I am feeling bad for like relaxing or sitting on the couch or taking a break I remember that rest is something that is needed in order to perform so if I'm gonna burn myself out stay up all night crack myself out trying to get everything done, then I am not going to do it to the best of my ability. And it's not going to be, it's not going to be good for me. It's not going to be good for anyone in the long run. So I might as well just give something my all when I have the energy for it. I mean, obviously there's going to be days where you're going to be more tired than others, but you just have to give your hundred percent, whatever that hundred percent is. So if one day that's 60% and that's the most you can give, that's what you give. If one day it's 40 or 30, that's okay. Like you can't beat yourself up about it because you're never you're never going to get out of that loop. You're never going to get out of that loop of I suck, I didn't do enough. I you know, I'm the worst, I'm not productive, I'm lazy. Cut that shit out in 2024 and just learn to be grateful for whatever you got done that day, whatever you accomplished that day because that is enough and even if you do one thing every single day for 65 days, that's still 365 steps closer to whatever it is that you're working towards. So let's just stand together, sisters, and decide that this is the year we're going easy on ourselves. And what I mean by that is we're not being bitches to ourselves because no one is benefiting from that 
whatsoever. I want to do a little pop of culture because I have been in ingesting, ingesting, consuming a lot of pop culture recently between books that I've read, podcasts I've listened to, movies I've seen, shows I've seen, reality TV that's come out recently. I've just, I've been consuming a lot of it recently. So I wanted to chat through some of it. First, I have read three memoirs in the last mm, couple of weeks, two, three weeks. I've read Matthew Perry's, Britney Spears, and I'm almost done with Paris Hilton's book. And I guess I should say I've listened to these memoirs because I have not read these. I was on, I had two 14-hour car rides from Florida to Ohio and back. So moral of the story, I had a lot of time to listen to these books. And I'm so glad that I did because they are books that I've been wanting to read for so long. I've heard so many people talk about the Matthew Perry book. It is very much so about his addiction, like that's mainly what it was about but it's crazy because he was also going through so much like so many issues ever since he was a kid like the craziest part to me is that he was literally diagnosed this anti like sedative anti-seizure medication not anti-sedative it was some type of like because that's not a thing um (laughs) I'm not a doctor it is a like anti-seizure medication that he was prescribed for being not like able to sleep. He was a colicky baby and he was prescribed this medication and he seriously like this kicked off his addiction. I I mean, I don't know. I, I, that's, that sounds like it makes sense, right? Like you don't prescribe a fucking infant. Basically he was one month old. He was a colicky baby. His parents were like this boy can't sleep. What do we do? So then they got him on this medication from the doctor and he was on it for a very long extended period of time. You're only supposed to be on this medication for like seven days or not long after that. And he was on it for months and months as a newborn baby. And so he says that he feels like he had alcoholism or like addiction in his family and that it kind of like, you know, was something that he was just born with. But this kicked off his addiction and it's crazy to see and hear so many other celebrities that were in this book mentioned and I really did love the fact that I got to learn so much about Hollywood at that time and like the dynamics of the people and the actors and what it was like on sets and I don't know this is part of why I love pop culture because you get to learn some history I know that might not make sense to some people but for me it feels like history because you get to learn about someone's life which also branches off to other people's lives that interacted with that person and then those people are connected to those people like the Paris Hilton book is insane for that because I am learning so much about so many different people that were connected to her obviously Kathy Hilton is her mom her dad is it's interesting because he's a very private person even though he's like very successful um her sister is also pretty private she talks about Kyle Kyle Richards with who was obviously on or is on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She talks about uh, Zsa Zsa Gabor. She talks about who was married to her grandfather. She name drops a lot of big celebrities and it's very interesting to listen to because I'm finding out how they're all connected to her. Also, this this book is just insane in general. Like you, if you're listening to this, you need to read it or listen to it. It's in her voice and it's actually like, it's not annoying. She's not doing the high-pitched voice. She's doing her normal voice and it's so good and so well-written. Whoever helped her write it was incredible but also it's just nuts how 
much she went through. Like I didn't know even the half of it. And it's so interesting because it's making me learn more about Kathy Hilton and Rick Hilton. I think that's his name, right? I always get it confused because there's like Conrad Hilton and there's like another Conrad and there's Baron, which are the kids. Anyways, so Kathy and Rick sent Paris away to these like boarding school. No, not boarding schools, like behavioral correctional facilities. And they basically were doing this because she was a bad kid. She had a lot of nights where she would sneak out. She would do these drugs allegedly or so they thought which she actually wasn't really doing anything super crazy she was sneaking out she was going to parties she was definitely drinking and being a little bit mischievous but she attributes a lot of this and her behavior to her having ADHD which is really interesting and it makes a lot of sense the way she explains it I'm sure some people can relate she was just like could not focus in school she was constantly bopping from one activity to the next and attributes like a lot of her bad behavior to that But these places that they sent her were crazy. Like there was abuse, physical, emotional abuse, sexual abuse going on at these facilities. The stories that she tells are wild. I had no idea she went through this. And just no wonder she is the way she is after reading this book. These places that she went to in like Provo, Utah, another one was in California, um, were insane the first one that she went to she tried to run away from she actually tried to run away multiple times from each of these facilities and kept getting caught again and her parents would put her right back in and they had like these counselors that would essentially coach the parents on what to say if the kid ever tried to escape and the stories that they might tell so every time Paris would call her parents and tell them what was going on they would think she was coming up with some story just to get out and get to go back home. It is just wild to me that this stuff happened. And she tried to run away multiple times. And her parents let this still happen. I don't have no idea what I would do if I was in their shoes. But it makes a lot of sense as to why Kathy is the way she is. And why I'm, I'm understanding the family dynamics so much more. Like the Kim and Kyle of it all. And their relationship with Kathy. It makes a lot of sense to me. She actually actually also talks about her grandma who she calls graham cracker which is kyle richards um kim and kathy it's their mom so it's super interesting to learn about her from paris's point of view and just her childhood and how she interacted with that side of the family i highly encourage you if you're into that kind of thing you like a celebrity memoir listen to it it or read it it's so good And it makes me have so much more respect for her. And I just feel so bad for what she had to go through while no one had any idea. Like I said, I also read read the Britney Spears book. And that was also very good. It was a lot about the conservatorship. It talked about how she was raised. Super interesting. And I think I've already said this, but I really want to read Britney's mom's book. And Jamie Lynn Spears' book because I want to get other sides of the story and just learn about it from everyone's perspective. Also, don't love that her mom exploited her and talked about her personal life when she was going through a hard time. But also, I don't know, maybe maybe her mom tells it a completely different way and all the things that Brittany says aren't true. I highly doubt that's the case. But this also makes me understand her perspective in a way that I haven't before. And I think that's kind of the idea. But Wow, just so good. I wish I could just ingest all of the celebrity memoirs just by like looking at them. I just want to read them all and there's 
never enough time in the day. All right, let's recap the Golden Globes, shall we? I have not been able to stop thinking about the Golden Globes. They were on Sunday and I was very hooked into watching this. Normally, I feel like in award shows, I get kind of bored and I feel like they just drag on or they have a super long red carpet so it just takes up your whole entire evening but I was actually really interested and intrigued and I had seen a lot of the shows or movies that they were talking about so it made me feel super invested in who won and just the conversations and stuff like that so first thing we need to talk about is the Taylor and Selena of it all so if you haven't heard which I'm sure you have by now Taylor Swift is at the Golden Globes because her era's tour movie got nominated for a golden globe so she was there solo travis was playing a game and she went with kelly teller who is miles teller's wife they're really close friends and then selena gomez came over to their table to talk to them about something and they're whispering in each other's ears selena's whispering in taylor's ear and kelly teller is like not really listening but then she like leans in and wants to hear part of the story and we caught this whole moment on camera and it's all over the news all over social media and allegedly there was lip readers that were you know reading the lips and trying to find out what they were saying and allegedly they said that Kylie Jenner wouldn't let Selena Gomez hook up with oh my god am I okay what am I saying hook up for take a picture with Timothy Chalamet I would think that she probably wouldn't let Selena hook up with Timothy Ooh, not me starting rumors just kidding but we watched this moment and it looked like Kelly Teller said with Timothy it's just I feel so bad because Kelly Teller clearly does not have as much media training as Taylor and Selena do because Taylor and Selena were clearly like whispering straight in each other's ears so no one could read their lips but Kelly Teller straight up was like with Timothy like I mean I would do it too and like I appreciate them this is this whole scenario is like the epitome of girlhood and just best friendship and wanting to gossip and talk to your friends and it's just it was a gorgeous moment and it makes me a little bit sad and mad how no one can let them just like have this moment of talking to each other about something that just happened or whispering in each other's ear or having an awkward moment and needing to run over to your best friends or you're at this huge like event with all of these big stars and you see people who are familiar to you and wanting to run over there and tell them what's going on like that is just a normal normal thing and we're we're making a mountain out of a molehill like making something so massive and really just running with it something we heard through the grapevine and we just believe to be true so then the latest update in this is that selena gomez actually commented on the news story on instagram and she said no i told taylor about two of my friends who hooked up not that that's anyone's business So that's her response. As of a a few hours ago, we got that response that Selena was talking about two of her friends allegedly hooking up and not Kylie and Timothy. But like people were saying that if Kylie had blocked Timothy from taking a picture with Selena, that they would support that. And I don't, honestly, like just from a basic human level, I don't support that. But from maybe like the celebrity lens I can see it like you don't want to take a picture 
all three of you or you don't want to take a picture just with him because it will start drama because of the whole Haley Bieber versus Selena and Kylie is friends with Haley and just that whole like eyebrow gate situation that happened last year with Kylie posting something about eyebrows or eyelashes or whatever and they thought that they were posting something basically calling out Selena and it was this really dumb little feud so from that lens where there's a little bit of beef there's a little bit of a feud going on and they want to keep things kosher they want to keep things clean they want to be nice and they want to not blow up any stories in the media I can understand from that lens why Kylie might say no but from other perspectives on just like a basic human level I don't think I could tell someone not to take a picture with my boyfriend and unless it was like someone who had like hooked up with him or they were exes or they were somehow involved in the past I don't think I would say that or unless I really was did not like the person and didn't respect them or they did me wrong in certain a certain way I don't think I could ever say that like let him take a picture with someone it's not that big of a deal I don't know so anyways that's pr- clearly not true or it maybe isn't true I don't know what it is what is true we probably never will But either way, like, why do we have to read into it? And I say this as I literally try to read lips from every celebrity because it's kind of interesting. The most interesting thing about celebrities is their normal lives, like the normal parts of their lives that we don't see. Like, I want to know what conversations they're having with their loved ones. I want to know how they travel with their kids, like what they pay their nanny. I want to know what they're making for dinner. I want to know who cooks. I want to know how they handle holidays. Like how do they break them up? Are they spending it with his family or her family? I want to know like just every little detail about what makes them normal humans because that's what's crazy for me to fathom is like these people that we see on our TV screens and we listen to. Like I just want to know more about them as a person and not these characters. You know what I mean? Um, so anyways, that was big news at the Golden Globes. Also, Joe Coy was like not loved. Everyone was like not happy with his whole spiel. He hosted stand up and was like making jokes about every celebrity that was there. Basically, the one thing that he said Taylor was not happy with, he basically said, oh, my God. First of all, how many times do I say basically you guys can call me out? So. Joe Coy said that the only difference between the NFL and the Golden Globes is that the Golden Globes has less TV pans to Taylor Swift. And she like basically bit her lip, shut her mouth and just like closed, like, closed lipped. You know what I mean? Like where like you close your lips and you're like, and you, you know, like not happy immediately took a drink and everyone was up in debates was she mad? Did she hate it? Did she not? I don't know. I don't think I would love it, but it's not super offensive. Like, I just don't want anyone talking about me. Like, just don't. I know I'm like a massive mega pop star and like everyone's talking about me, but I just don't want anyone saying my name at an award show like that. Like, keep my name out your mouth. And yeah, he wasn't loved for a few of the comments that he made about like the movie Killers of the Flower Moon. And he kept dogging on the writers that helped him with this speech and was like I got this gig 10 days ago or however long ago and you know this bit I didn't write this bit kind of calling that out and people were like this is so awkward and uncomfortable and I listened to the morning toast and they basically said that he as a stand-up comedian 
that's just kind of not the best thing to do like you don't throw writers under the bus and it's gonna deter him from getting a lot of opportunities in his world he might not get asked to do a stand-up or to do a show or to work with someone in the near future because of this because he was just kind of like throwing people under the bus constantly and just like wasn't landing and then he was blaming other writers so I'll be interested to see but I didn't really follow Joe Coy before this so I don't know if I will after I do know that he dated Chelsea Handler and that's really all I know about him otherwise don't know anything about him or his humor the other crazy thing that happened was okay this I don't know if anyone else was talking about this but I was I was thinking about it Kevin Costner like what was that basically he got up on stage with America Ferreira and they were supposed to maybe do some sort of like gig or skit or something together I don't know she acted like she was prepared and she knew what she was talking about and she was going back and forth with him but it was almost like she wrote the script and was like hey this is what we're gonna say these are the bits these are the jokes we're gonna say back and forth to each other and you just like basically practice this and we will we'll do it when we're up on stage and he's like okay got it and then just like never looked at it and then they were up there on stage and she was going along with it and he was thinking of the script like right off the top of his head and absolutely bombed and it was so awkward and uncomfortable it was like she was making jokes and then he was like let's just get to the the nominees shall we and it was just almost like he ended it early I don't know It, it it seemed very concerning behavior everyone was kind of like awkward and uncomfortable at least I was super awkward and uncomfortable so I don't know if anyone else witnessed that but very weird and I love Kevin Costner like love him in Yellowstone I think he's very talented, but he just seemed like not himself or maybe that's how he is. I don't know, but he definitely wasn't playing along and it seemed like he was Spacey Casey. Okay. Um, So some of the winners, some of the notable movies and TV shows that won awards are, well, Barbie. They won the Cinematic and Box Office Achievement Award, which I definitely think that they should have. That was a newer award. So I definitely think that that was well-deserved, but that was really all they that they won besides um, Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas. They won something for music in a movie. What was the category called? Like, what was I made for? Oh, original song was the category. So they won that for that song that you saw all over TikTok. They wrote that and they won an award for it. So that was the only two things that Barbie won. Oppenheimer won a lot. Uh, Killian Murphy from Oppenheimer. He won the actor in a drama motion picture for Oppenheimer. Um, The Boy and the Heron won one thing. I don't know what that is. Poor Things and Emma Stone won a lot. So that makes me want to see that movie. It looks a little strange, but I've heard it's really good. So I definitely want to see that even more now. Killers of the Flower Moon won a few awards that was interesting to me because I've been seeing that pop up on my amp- my Apple TV and I'm like, oh, that looks really good. We should watch that next. And then I saw it won all these awards. So now I'm really, really psyched to watch it, but I didn't really know anything about it um, at all. So I'm definitely putting that on my list. What else? The Holdovers had no effing clue what that was, but that got an award. Then the guy, Paul 
uh, Giamatti, I think is his last name. I don't know what he was in, but I feel like he was in maybe like Big Fat Liar or a movie when we were a kid that he made him very recognizable. So it's hard for me to take him seriously, but he won something. Um, what else? Oppenheimer, Barbie. Oh, Succession won a lot of awards and so did Beef and The Bear. Those were a few other notable shows for me. I really wanted The Morning Show to win something or Billy Crudo to win. Is that how you say it, Billy? It's Billy C-R-U-D-U-P. I think it's Billy Crudo, but I wanted him to win something so bad. He was nominated for um, Best Actor in a Drama TV Series or something like that. I think that's what it was because Kieran Culkin ended up winning for Succession, but I absolutely love him. If you haven't seen The Morning Show, I highly recommend it, which this gets me into our next section of this podcast episode. I want to talk about what we're watching on TV, okay? I have some recommendations for you. If you haven't already seen these, go watch. The Morning Show I'm watching right now, I know I'm a little late to this game. I had heard lots of people talk about it. I got multiple recommendations for it, but I knew it was going to be good. I just didn't know how good it was going to be. Otherwise, I would have started it a lot earlier. It's fantastic. I will say the lot, the second two seasons, so season two and three, they are th- missing certain details. Like there are certain things I wish they expanded on more or they randomly take out a character, randomly change something and there's no description for it. And some things are hard to follow because of that. But I don't know how much of that's intentional versus like they're just doing it because they have to. I don't know. But I find that kind of bothersome. But either way, I still love it. I love the characters. I love the actors and how they play their characters. It's so complex. There's love. There's drama. There's sex. There's just insane. Like there's so many ins and outs. There's like all this drama within the corporate structure. And it makes you wonder about so many different things. Steve Carell also plays like a very serious character in it, which was hard for me at first. But he did such a good job. It's definitely like a think piece. Like I've made me think very deeply and it made me change how I see a lot of things. And I doubt every single organization is like this, but I'm sure that the things that happen in the show are very real as well. So that just opened my eyes. Like I feel like I'm watching the Today Show with a different, a different, whole different lens. All right. Next thing is Blackbird. Very good. So that is a limited series on Apple TV. We're on an Apple TV kick recently. There's a lot of good shows on there. So this show is actually a true story about this guy named Larry Hall, who is like a serial killer. And there is a guy named Jimmy Keen who goes into prison for basically he had guns and that was part of it, but he was a drug dealer. He was a drug dealer and he had a lot of guns in his house and he went to prison for 10 years and they basically came to him and said, hey, we want you to go to this maximum security prison, meet this serial killer and get a confession from him and tell us like where the bodies are. We will completely reduce your sentence. You'll be out of prison. Commute your sentence. That's what the word is. We will commute your sentence. You'll be out of prison. If you get this confession, you tell us where the body is. And he does it. And he goes to this prison. And it's all about that story, basically. 
It is such a good show. It's a limited series. It's a completely true story. The guy also wrote a book. The real guy, his name is Jimmy Keen. He wrote a book about it. Insane story. And the acting was so good. The main guy, the two main guys, incredible. The guy who plays Jimmy Keen was Elton John in Rocket Man. He's also in the Kingsman movie, movies. Very, very good. I think he's that actor is definitely on the up and up. All right. Next thing is my life with the Walter boys. If you're not behind on this and you got to get, you got to do it. You got to watch it. It's so cute. It's kind of like the summer I turn pretty type of vibes, but it's not as good as the summer I turn pretty, but it's still good worth the watch. At first I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to fall in love with these characters, but then I definitely was hooked at the end and was sad when it was over. Definitely have to watch that. It's on Netflix. And it's easy to watch. Like you can binge it very quickly. All right. The last thing is the last thing he told me. Very, very good. I will say the ending kind of felt anticlimactic to me, but still very, very good. I think it wasn't maybe that it was anticlimactic, but just that I wanted it to continue and I wanted to learn more details about what happened after for my own curiosity. So this is about, it's Jennifer Gardner. She's the lead, the lead girl, the lead gal. Very good. This, I I actually feel like I can't tell much of it without it really giving away a lot because Daniel and I had no clue about what this show was about and we just watched it blind based on the trailer. Still had no clue what it was about and it surprised us every single step of the way. Nothing that we were thinking actually happened because we went into it completely blind. You may find it unpredictable and or you may find it very predictable. I don't know, but super good. That's also a limited series. I don't think there'll be a second a second season. Doesn't seem necessary and maybe they're leaving it for that. That'd be awesome, but nothing right now. And very, very, very good. We were hooked on that as well. So lots of Apple TV because that one's also Apple TV. They've been really fire with their shows as of recently. Those are my top four recommendations for right now. If you haven't watched, go watch. There's so many things that are on my list right now. I want to watch Fargo. That's at the top of my list. And I want to watch the Gypsy Rose documentary or the one that came out with her in prison that she's doing all the press for also that's another thing we have to talk about crazy how she's getting so much social media attention so quick I worry for her but apparently according to my favorite influencers Claudia Oshray and Amanda Hirsch they met her at this event and they were like yeah I get the sentiment that she is very much so wanting a normal life she knows that this is like a crazy thing that's happening to her right now and she has a good head on her shoulders So I hope that that's the case. I hope we don't have any more big, crazy drama coming from Gypsy and um, she gets a normal life ahead. And I I actually look forward like following her journey, but I hope it's all wholesome from here and just get to watch her form a whole new life. All right. That's that on that. I will see you next Wednesday and I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. If you are loving the podcast, please, please leave a rating and review and tell others what you're loving about the show. It really helps grow the podcast and helps me create more content for you. 
If you have suggestions for the pod or questions you'd like me to answer, you can always email staroftheshowpod at gmail.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next Wednesday.